0: Good morning. If I can get you to make your way to your seats, we'll go ahead and begin service this morning. Welcome to Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. And when you woke up this morning, you knew you were in Texas because it was already 90 degrees. Amen? And you were thanking God you had air conditioner. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, God is good. Robinson Avenue is on fire. And we need... We need you to get plugged in at what God's doing here in Robson Avenue. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to thank you for choosing to come and worship with us this morning. We want to ask you to fill out the little visitor card you'll find in front of you, place an offering plate as they come around so we can have a record of your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, If you're watching online, we want to invite you to come and be a part of what's going on at Robson Avenue as well. In the meantime, I want to fill you in with a little bit of what's happening at Robson Avenue. Our youth have returned from camp. I think we're done with camp this year. Uh, so we had one one young lady go out, and she came back saying she had a marvelous time. I'm going to stitch on her a little bit here. I said, would you like to share a little bit about your experience? She said, I would rather not. <laughs> but she, she, had, she said she had a fantastic time. And so we look for some pictures about that in next week's slides, as Kyrie's Banseria had sent to us a few of those pictures. And we got her in a couple of those. She just doesn't know about them yet. All right. With that being said, you'll look inside your bulletin and you'll find that we have a flyer, an insert inside. These are our back to school pods in the Needle our Drive. Out there in the foyer, you'll find a bin set up there. If you would be uh, willing to donate those, be a part of those, they're going to our Robinson Avenue Drive. To get those together, we give them to needy families, needy people inside our church. So if you know of anybody who might need some of those, you'll get with our family coordinate, uh, coordinator, Mr. Amber Weisman. She'll be happy to work with you, getting some of those supplies to them. In the meantime, if you personally consider being a part of that, we want to appreciate you already. So you'll look to my right. You'll see we have a brand new piano here. And yes, thank God. Yeah, blessed be the name of the Lord. That was a long time coming. We've been working on that thing for uh, about ten months. Eight, ten months of getting it kid in it. Finally got good this week, and the guys got together. And they worked one of the three, getting it in, getting it out, setting it up. And getting the old one out, let me tell you, uh, that was a, a wonderful, beautiful time. And I've been asked to come together and, and dedicate this piano this morning to God. So I wonder if you could take just a minute out of our normal schedule, and I'd like to ask you to pray with me with this piano. Can we do that? And if you feel so led, come on up here and pray with me. So let's ask God to take this piano and use it to His glory. Come on. If you feel led, come on up here and pray with me. Give this piano to Father God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We want to thank you that you have allowed us to use this wonderful piano. And Lord, as we accept the gift you've given us, we just dedicate it to you, ask you to take charge of it, Lord God. And every tune that comes out of it, every song that's played out of it may be glorifying to you, Lord. I just pray that you have touched many hearts with it, Lord, and I pray you prepare each and every heart for worship, and perhaps, Lord, perhaps throughout the years it'll be here. Many would come to know your personal Lord and Savior. Many hearts would be restored. Many relationships with you would be put back right, Lord, because they worship through music that's on this channel. And Lord, I pray for each and every person that sits at His feet that they will know this instrument has been dedicated to you. And they will feel your spirit, Lord, and know that you are with us and will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you so much once again for bless You and praise you and give You this channel for your glory in Jesus' name. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, remember, please, uh, today, at, uh, did we decide on a choir practice or not? For the Mark, choir practice this afternoon? Choir practice at 4 o'clock today uh, at 4.30. Don't forget uh, evening service at 6 o'clock. Is it 4 or 4.30? The the choir has outranked the choir director, so 4.30 is what it's going to be. Uh, then don't forget, uh, we want to thank God that our actual choir director is back and in the house. He's recovering from the hospital's let him out, Brother Robert. Wait, let's give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Robert has returned. He's here with us. He's resting today. And so I could see he wanted to chime in on that on that debate about 4 or 4.30, but, you know, the choir out, outvoted everybody today. And so, I want to remind you of a couple of other things that we have coming up. Uh, next week. Church, we have a back-to-school ice cream social so that's going to be from 4 to 6 p.m. If you want to be a part of that, we want you to come and be there. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be eating some ice cream, so pray for us in that. Also, remind you of our upcoming OCC Fajita fundraiser. That's going to be July 30th on 5 to 7. Tickets are on sale right now. Beef or chicken fajitas, and so you don't want to miss that. You can get with Sister Esther, you can get the office to get your tickets. And so I think the prices are $8, and they go down for kids, but I can't remember all of them. So come and be a part of that as a fundraiser to offset the shipping costs for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, coming up Saturday, July 31st, OTC will have their first classroom day of the year. Now it's from 10 to 12 in the fellowship hall also come with you actually I think that's going to be 10 to 4, isn't that right? So 10 to 4 uh, in the fellowship hall. So come and be a part of that and especially consider being a part of it. You don't have to stay the whole time. Just stay what you can be a part of. And that's where they uh, actually start building some of the gifts and putting those Christmas boxes, the jump ropes, the little toys that are handmade, everything else like that. So consider being a part of that. Also, if you look out at the bottom of our bulletin, you'll see what family Baptist Church. It's interesting in to be getting meet and greet ministry again. got kind of shut down by COVID, and what that is is the people who reach you at the door, get out the bulletins, uh, and help get you to a Sunday school room if you need that. We had a couple of people that were doing that right before we shut down for COVID, and as we reopened, that ministry kind of fell away, we kind of wanted to bring that back. If you're willing to be a part of that, once again, in contact with your sister and the Weisman, so she's actually out with her son today. So be in prayer for them. They'll be back uh, this evening. So uh, she's right there in the middle. So blessed be the name of the Lord. She snuck in. All right. I think that's it for our upcoming events, except for if you're on our admin team. Admin team will be meeting this Saturday at 1030 in the main office. So be prepared to be a part of that if you're on our admin team. Uh, The men got back from our Promise Keeper's Rally, and judging by the pictures, they had an amazing time. And perhaps you've seen some of them on the slides. Feel free to laugh out loud. Amen? So it was a beautiful, beautiful time, and we are so grateful that God has brought them and our youth back safely. And now we're getting ready for our women to go out to September for the women of joy think of it for upcoming announcements. announcement. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and after we pray, would you turn around and welcome the person immediately next to you and around you, and we'll get into our normal worship. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for this opportunity to gather today in your house, Would you bless us with your spirit, and I pray, Lord, that you will reach out and move in us, move in our lives, move in our heart. Lord, there will be revival today. There will be renewal. There will be restoration today. I pray, Lord, that you can and change your heart to do your words to worship. And I pray, Lord, that we will worship your people still. And I pray, Father God, that we will give you all the glory for what you do today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please rise and welcome your neighbor. afternoon. As you make make your way back to your seats, I want to ask that you all stand and we will begin our music and worship. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And let me tell you how you follow something like that. If I were to stop right now, that would be a good sermon. Amen. My goodness, if you have your Bibles with you, turn, if you please, to the book of Joshua, chapter 14. The book of Joshua, chapter 14. A very special message I want to share with you this morning entitled Give Me This Mountain. So it's a very special message that has evolved and changed and brought up whenever I felt the need. And those who never been preached the same, never find it uh, the same way I've preached it. I'm one of those that have never written this one down before, and I've preached this message for 30 years of ministry just a few times. Give me this mountain. So it's going to talk a little bit about two important pictures in Christian life. And let's go to the Lord and pray. So, Father, I want to thank you for the wonderful, wonderful work that service to have. And I just pray that you can heart and be prepared, Lord, for your Word right now. does if there be anybody here that needs to come to know your that's Lord and Savior. For anybody, Father God, that we can get their walk back would you like to end today? and see you let me in the day. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Joshua chapter 14. As you can see, we want to start things out with this title called, Give me this mountain. I had a picture for you of a very famous mountain. There it is right there. I should have a good look at that for a second. That's Mount Fuji, Japan. It's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, kind of lonely and near by itself and kind of standing out. And that's kind of the picture I have in my mind every time I hear Caleb make that request to Joshua Give me this mountain. It's kind of undefeatable, isn't it? Kind of majestic. You know, men have been to the very top of it. It's exactly what your mind pictures when you think of a, a lonely mountain snow cap, colorful by itself right there. Down below in the valleys, beautiful trees and the lake. Let's begin in Joshua chapter 14. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Tenesite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. And I want to stop this just a second and give you a little background of what's happening here. Please understand that God has at this time delivered Israel from the purity of Egypt. He has brought them out in power and with His strong, right hand. He brought them out with a demonstration, and church, he delivered them in a mighty, mighty way. They went to Mount Sinai, they received the law, and they went straight from there to a place called Kadesh Barnea. There at Kadesh Barnea, they turned their backs on the Lord, and they said, This place is too big for us. The people inside, we cannot defeat. We cannot reach them, nor can we conquer them. Except for two those five, Caleb. Of course, God's anger was off with the children of Israel, and they were turned away, and they walked in the desert for 40 years. And every one of that generation passed away except for Caleb and Joshua. At this time, as we begin reading here in the book of Joshua chapter 14, the children of Israel have now entered through Kadesh Barnea. They have now begun conquering, and they've conquered most of the promised land except for a few hot spots, if you will. One of those hot spots here in Gilgal. And Caleb comes up to Joshua and says, Remember what God said to us about us in Kadesh Barnea. Look at me in verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up, and you need to remember that, my brothers. My brothers, because that's going to come back to play in our sermon here. My brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance, and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spake this word to Moses, Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. You think you're old? Caleb was old right there. Here he is. I'm 85 years old. I've been walking in the desert for 40 years, and I've been fighting a war for five years. And now I'm reminding you, Joshua, what God said. This land is mine. Look at me in verse 11. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, So now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. We begin this message with these two thoughts. I truly believe That when we consider Christianity, church, there are no greater characteristics of a Christian than prayer and faith. Can I get an amen on that? Every Christian should be known by their ability to pray. Every Christian should be known that they are prayers. Why should we be known as prayers? Because, church, if we're not talking to God, we're out of, we're, we're, we're just unplugged, aren't we? If we're not talking to God, we're out of His will. If we're not talking to God, we're doing something wrong. And if we're praying, then we're going to find ourselves doing. How many of you know the two go hand in hand? If you're a prayer, you'll find yourself doing. If you're doing things without prayer, you're finding yourself messing up. Somebody say amen. When you try to do things on your own, you end up messing up things. When you do things through prayer, through God's Word, you find yourself doing God's will. Every Christian should be in prayer. Every Christian should be a person of faith. And that is... Action, that faith, which is acting out on God's will, comes from prayer. I believe that prayer is communion with God. It's a time you speak with Him, and we should crave that time. Your heart should be hungering for that time with God. And I believe that faith, even though we have a hundred definitions for it, in the Bible gives us a wonderful definition of it, but I believe, simply put, faith is living out that communion you had with God. That time you spent with God where He spoke to you. That time you spent with God where He inspired you. That time you spoke to God where He forgave you. And therefore, we should go about forgiving others. Can I get an amen on that? We should be living that faith out. Now, let's look this morning at a few examples of prayer becoming action. Of course, we're going to take a good look at Caleb. Because his faith becomes action. His prayer to Joshua is, give me this mountain. But it's more than just to Joshua. It's a reminder, God, you promised to me, give me this mountain. And some of you, you listen to me good this morning. Some of you have faced a mountain for many years. And you've been afraid to climb that mountain. You know there's giants there. You know there's a scary army there. You've been avoiding it because there's things there you don't want to see in faith. We're also going to take a look at another character. His name is Gibbeth. That's how you say it. Gibbeth! Jabez. I know that there's been a book written about Jabez and it was a big Christian fan for a hot minute. So we're going to take a look at him anyway. And what you'll learn about him today may inspire you to be a little bit more like him. First, let's take a look at Caleb. I have a picture here of Caleb, perhaps on the mountaintop. And as he's praying after, give me this mountain. I want you to picture yourself this morning looking at something that's impossible. Looking at something you know you cannot climb. Looking at something you know you cannot defeat. Looking at something you know you can never make it to the top of. You don't have the strength. You don't have the understanding. You don't have the reasons, the resources. You don't have any of it. But I want you to know this morning, our God is unstoppable, amen? Our God can bring us to the very top of that mountain. And what we've got to do is become people like Caleb. We've got to start crying out, God, give me this mountain. Now, Caleb was one of those two original slaves who left Egypt. Only Joshua and Caleb remained to enter the promised land. Please remember that he told that story to Joshua. He reminded Joshua, I was there. I gave a good report. I told them that God is more than able to deliver us God is more than able to give us the promised land. And my brethren caused the heart of the people to melt. We're going to see some similarities between David and Caleb this morning. The second of those slaves, of course, is Joshua, to whom Caleb is requesting this mountain. Joshua has been placed in charge of the Israelite people. Remember, he was the understudy, if you will, of Moses. And when Moses. Died. Then, of course, Joshua took over, and he brought the people into the promised land. So what made Caleb so unique, you might ask? You might be asking yourself this morning, what in the world made him so different? Well, number one, he was old. Go like this, guys. You might be sitting in the church today, and if you have been in the church for a couple of years, you've said these words, I guarantee it. Where are our young people? Have you said that before? Have you ever looked around and said, where are you? They're not in the choir. Maybe they're back there in the, in the youth room. I don't know where they are. Then you have looked in the smaller churches, and you've seen the older people there, and you've said this as well. We're literally dying out. Have you ever said it? Have been guilty of that? Don't say amen. Don't do that before. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought that before? We're literally dying out. We're not reaching the young people. I want you to know. Now, listen to me good. I want you to know that Caleb was nowhere near young. He was 85 years old and he still requested of God, give me this mountain. And I know you might be thinking right now, I'm too old to reach a young person, but I want you to start being a Caleb and start saying, God that's a mountain I've been afraid to climb that's a mountain I've been afraid to get to But with you and in your strength give me this mountain. Have you been saying that lately in your heart? Where are our young people? Where are they? We can't reach them. We'll never get them. The church is boring. They ain't been to Robertson Avenue, have they? Church is boring. No, it's not. We need to start praying to God right now. There's a mountain in front of us. It's been there for years. And we've been afraid to climb it. We've been afraid to get to the top of it. We've been afraid of what we might find when we get there. I don't know about you, but climbing a young person's mountain is always a scary thought let alone looking in their closet. Somebody say amen. Now, Caleb is from a Hebrew word. It didn't really come out good in my PowerPoint, Kalev, right there. And it is from an unused root. The Hebrew word meaning to yelp, as in a dog's yelp. To attack. You ever had a dog yip at you when you scared them? You ever had a dog actually come at you to bite you, and if you kick out, the dog yelps, even though you didn't touch it? That's Caleb's name. It's a dog's yelp. It's a yelp that's there. It only comes out of a dog in fear. It only comes out of a dog when there's something wrong. That's Caleb's you, And he lives up to that name. All Jewish people live up to the name for the most part. And incidentally, Caleb only yelped when there was something to say. In fact, his name was often given as a toy, as a dog's yelp, meaning... You sound like a dog. You talk like a dog. You smell like a dog. You might be a dog, boy. Caleb, a dog's wealth. Think right now of a dog's barking. This dog only barked when there was a reason to bark. This dog only spoke, if you will, when there was a reason to. When people began to listen to Caleb, he only barked if there was a reason. He became a faithful and true witness, and that's the characteristic number one that Christians need to put in their hearts and put in their lives today. If you're going to be a Caleb kind of prayer, you need to start becoming a dog's wealth. You need to only speak when you need to speak. You know what? I want you to know right now that God has given us two ears and only one mouth, and we need to spend twice the time listening as we do talking. Can I get an amen on that? We need to start learning like Caleb. We need to start being like Caleb. Sometimes we talk entirely too much, but we should be listening. How many of you know also the gift of listening comes from your heart? If you love somebody, you will listen to them. How many of you know there's an ear in the word heart? Think about it. Think about it. There's an ear in heart.
1: And if you love
0: somebody, you'll start listening to them. Caleb was a dog dwell. well. He only spoke when he needed to speak. He only spoke faithful and true saying. And Christians need to start doing that as well. Can you believe how many Christians are getting on TV, getting on YouTube, getting on the internet right now and starting to start starting to spout things out that aren't true? How many of you know they're starting to get on TV saying, I saw the Antichrist. Hello, no you didn't. No you didn't. How many people are getting up and saying, I saw God that. I have Christians today coming up saying, God told me to do this. I'm thinking, did he? Or did you? Would you like to see the mountain that Caleb requested? Let's take a look at that, it? You say, my goodness, that would not sell very well in Texas. That's it. That's Caleb's mountain. You can see it in the background there a little bit. Looks kind of like Texas, doesn't it? A little bit. All we need is a prickly pear in there. How many of y'all know blue bonnets grow quite well in, in Israel? They do. Pomegranates also grow quite well in Texas. Go like this. I got one growing in my backyard right now. And when I get some fruit, I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> and so and so share pastor. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the mountain right there that Caleb requested. Doesn't look all that hard to climb, does it? Looks like he could walk right up at the mountains of the day. That's it. But in Caleb's day there was something else there. It was a fortified city. That city you know today is called Hebron. That's right. Hebron was there. Kiryat Arba was the name of it in Caleb's day. And inside was the chief man of the Anakim. What were the Anakim? The they were giants. They were giants. And let me tell you, the Jewish people, everybody's giants. Amen? But these guys were giants. We're talking like Goliath giants. And of course, the rest of Israel avoided that. The and Caleb went up to Joshua and he said, give me this mountain. Because there's a lot going on there in that valley right there. There's a lot going on inside of that city of Hebron. How many of you know that Abraham purchased a cave to bury his dead there? That's right. The cave of the fathers is there. The cave of the patriarchs is there. The cave that holds Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are there. And Caleb went up and said, I want to be where my fathers are. you understand that's our mountain today? That's been the mountain we've been afraid to climb for years. We've been afraid to bring the United States back to a God-fearing country. We've been afraid to climb that mountain because we're afraid of what's on top of it. Can I get an amen this morning? We've been afraid to face... What's that? You think we can't beat the Anakim? I want you to know Caleb got there. He said, those Anakim are walking all over the graves of my forefathers. They're walking on the traditions of my God. I want my children to be raised on that ground. I want my children to be raised on that kind of teaching, on that kind of foundation, the foundations of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, we're raising our children here in the United States today. The gospel of social justice. The gospel of homosexuality. The gospel of do unto others before they do unto you. I want to go back to where we love somebody. I want to go back to where you do unto others as you want to have them do unto you. I want to go back to where Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm
1: praying right now, God, give me this mountain.
0: I want to go back where my fathers laid. I want to go back to those who built this country on Judean Christian truth. I want to go back to where the Bible was right and the way the world sees it is wrong. Well. Where my fathers lay, where my children will stay, because when we get away from God's truth, our country falls apart. Caleb was telling Joshua, "It's worth." fighting for. And your pastor's telling you right now, it's worth fighting for. Don't let anyone take our foundation away. Jesus had a lot to say about that as well. He had a lot to say about them. We'll so turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Let's just take a look at a few verses. Verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. What a novel concept. Somebody say amen. You know, if you have a problem remembering Scripture, just repeat after me. Have faith in God. Congratulations, you just remembered Scripture. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. What is Jesus talking about? He's literally talking about going outside and speaking to that mountain saying, get out of my way. There are those who believe that. And I think they're not far off from the truth. I want to get a little bit deeper into what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about when you look outside And you have that mountain of immovable fear that's been blocking you from going forward. When you have that mountain of what's going to happen next? I don't know how I'm going to get there. You can step outside, have faith in God, and speak to that mountain and say, Get up and be planted into the sea, and it will be done for you. In other words, give me this mountain. Let's look at our second guy quickly now. We've learned from Caleb that we need to be truthful. We need to be faithful. We need to be prayerful. And we need to no longer be afraid. We need to step up and say, I don't care if I'm 85 years old. I don't care if I'm eight and a half years old. God gives me this mountain because you are more than able to conquer it. Let's look at Javis now. There was a famous book out there called The Prayer of Javis. And if you've read that, congratulations. It's a good book. And hopefully you've learned something from it because it's a neat, neat, neat little study. And I'm taking nothing away from it. Look with me in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Let's read just two verses, verses 9 and 10 here. The Bible says, now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Kind of sound familiar? Because Caleb actually had a problem with his brothers. Remember? My brothers made their hearts melt. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez. Same because I bore him a pain. Literally, literally what his name mean? is God brought pain to me because of you. Could you imagine living like that? Could you imagine being that boy where his own mother says, you're the reason why I'm hurting. You're the problem in my life. You're the reason that brought me pain. Now, we don't know what happened there. Perhaps Jabez was born, and the father said, that's the ugliest kid I've ever seen. Goodbye. Perhaps there was another reason heartbreak. Perhaps he said, I can't afford to feed another child. Perhaps he told her, go on to the abortion clinic. That's right. Perhaps he didn't right there. Right Jabez was born anyway. And his mother named us, and I bore him in pain. You have brought me nothing but pain and misery, Jabez. Look at me in verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So, God grants I would be pressed got a picture of David right there. Right off the book. It's public property. He's able to take that. That's what he may have looked like. There he is praying with his hand down. God bless me and bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory that I might not cause anybody pain. You wonder why he's making that prayer? name. I don't want to live up to my name. Let's take a look at another picture of Christian life. Who is David? Well, the Bible tells us he's more honorable than his brothers and his brethren. We had the same, similar characteristic in Caleb, didn't we? I was more honorable than the other spies. The Bible also tells us he prayed, And then finally, God answered. That's about all we really know about David. That's all we really know. But we do know a few things. He's just like Caleb. Remember, he's more honorable. Caleb was one of just two who survived that 40 years of wilderness wandering because the other ten melted the hearts of them. Caleb was more honorable than his brethren, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. We don't know much about his brothers either. But if Jabez is more honorable than them, we can start putting together a picture. Can't we? What kind of brothers do you think he had? They must have been bullies. They must have been highwaymen. They must have been robbers and thieves. They must have been people that could not be trusted. It's Bentley, though. Jabez's name was Greek and sorrow. Really, literally what his name means. I bore you in Greek and you bring me nothing but pain. And I'm blaming you and I'm blaming God for bringing you into my life. He was named for Greek and sorrow. Take a look at Jabez's name and people who did. We'll get to it in just a second. There it is, right there. Yabetz, Hebrew word. From an unused root, always, probably meaning to grieve. Sorrowful, Yabetz, the name of an Israelite, and also of a place in Palestine. His mother named him Grief. Think about that for a second. What does your name mean to you? Today, kids, The name. Tom, Bill, or Harry, and that's all it means Tom, Bill, and Harry. The Davids had a name that means I'm sorry you were born. Do you hate your name? That's a problem some people bring to me in my office. Pastor, I don't like what mom named me. I'm thinking probably better than some names people have called you. I'm a realist. Have you ever been called a name before? I answered to just about anything but Bubba Schmack. Don't call me that. Now some of y'all coming down to my office tomorrow and say, Where's Bubba Schmack at? <laughs> Do you hate your name? Could you imagine being named God has given me grief. Could you imagine being named like that? Now I want to tell you a story about something that happens in, in church. Go with me to the 1980s. I know that's a whole time travel right there. Amen? Parachute pant and break dancing right there, but we're going to Great Britain in 1980. I don't know what they did in Great Britain, but it wasn't as cool as the United States. Amen. <laughs> great Britain. There is a hotel. The hotel is famous for its cuisine. It has a great restaurant down at the bottom. Of its famous for its home style yet very good cuisine. One Sunday afternoon, the specialty was spaghetti ran out of mushrooms. She looked out the back door and growing outside was a whole bunch of mushrooms. They looked just like store-bought mushrooms. So she thought to herself, I can't get to the stores. 1980s. All the stores are closed on Sunday afternoon. I need this. I have a whole crowd of rich, famous people inside my lobby and I need to feed them. So she took a little bit of her... Uncooked meat, she wrapped up a mushroom in that meat, fed it to the old dog, and watched the dog for a few minutes, and nothing happened. She said, must be a good mushroom. So she just picked them up off the ground. She cut them up, washed them up, served them up, and everything was fine. She talked to the owner and said, this is what I did. And the owner got a little bit nervous. Oh said, well, can he did that. They started watching the people, and everybody seemed happy. About 30 to 40 minutes later, the cook came back just as white as a sheet of paper talked to the owner of the hotel. and said, Ma'am, the dog is dead. The owner immediately ran into the lobby, jumped up on an empty table and said, Oh my goodness, we ran out of mushrooms so we plucked some out of the backyard and we fed them to you. Immediately, everybody in that lobby started getting sick. They started throwing up. I know it's a picture you don't want to see. Especially right before lunch, hey, ma'am? Some of you were planning on having spaghetti leftovers. You know, I'm not having that now. <laughs> However, she said, This is what we did. We ran out of mushrooms and they looked fine. So we gave some to the dog and the dog died. Immediately, they started complaining of stomach pain. They called ambulances and several of them were getting their stomachs pumped. So finally, someone came up to the lady and said, Ma'am, I have no problem at all. And I ate two or three health of that spaghetti. What's going on here? She said, I don't know. Let me go talk to the cook supposed to put, so where did you get those mushrooms at? She said, right there. Her what she would like to see the dog. She said, you can't see that dog. She said, why not? She said, well, the truck did, killed it. just made a mess of it. Do you see how that works? Jabez's brother created a world of deception. Jabez's brother created a world that Jabez didn't have to live in. And that's the whole picture of Jabez's faith and his loyalty and his prayer. Please understand what he was saying there. Could you imagine being named that God has given me a grief? Could you imagine living like that with all those brothers and all those sisters and everything around you was negative and everything around you was hateful and all your brothers and sisters hated you and they expected you to live just like them? just like they expected you to live But the Bible tells us he was more honorable than his brothers. What made him more honorable? What made him? Well, we can only speculate. We can only speculate. We get some clues, though, from his prayer life. Remember the prayer life? As he prayed, he said, God, enlarge me. God, help me not to hurt anybody. Help me not to be an evil or a grief to anybody. In other words, what he's saying is, God, I don't want to live up to my name. And some of you have been trying to live up to a lifestyle of alcoholism you inherited from your father, from your mother, the drug abuse you inherited from your family, the spousal abuse you saw from years on in. And I'm here to tell you right now that you can cry out like James and say, God, I don't want to be a grief to anybody. Hallelujah. He was more honorable than his brothers. I don't. Than that. I don't have to be that God. Now, when we hear the name Jabez, we don't think grief or sorrow. We think a prayerful person, don't we? If God can take Jabez and turn him into a powerful little book, imagine what he could do with you. What's your name? Tom, Bill, or Harry? Could you imagine that right there? The prayer of Harry. The prayer of Bill. The prayer of Tom. Not Tom Cruise, David. I don't have to
1: live up to that name. You don't have to do that.
0: We heard a wonderful song from my brother Frank a minute ago. He said, my path doesn't have to haunt me anymore. My God can change me. And that's what the prayer of Jabez is all about. I don't have to live up to my path. I don't have to be what the world expects me to be. I can be more and conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. He was more honorable than his brothers. What made him Honorable. He decided in his heart of hearts. I'm not going to be what my family destined me to be. That circle breaks right now. You know what else the Bible told us? Look at verse 10 there. The Bible says that Jesus' called on the God of this life. Let's just read it together. Saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. You know what's funny? Most of us focus in on that, don't we? Bless me. You know what I call that? Health and wealth gospel. Prosperity gospel. Bless me. Give me some money. Give me some land. Give me, give me, give me. That's not where the blessing came in. The blessing came in down here at the bottom. That your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. My family destined me to cause that pain. But in you, there's the liquid. In you, there's change. In you, ought to be born again. And Yahweh doesn't have to be pain and grief. Yahweh can be prayer and faith. The Bible tells us God granted him what he requested. Go, go back up to the top of that books. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. What made David different? What do you think happened to Jabez? All those brothers and sisters and mothers. Family all around him. What made him different? Perhaps he experienced some of the same pain. Perhaps he did. Perhaps he experienced what it's like to live like James, a life full of pain and grief. What made him so different? And the Bible tells us he called on the God Israel. You know what that means to me. You know what that means to me. You ever read Romans 10, verse 13? Surely you have. You know what the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 13? The Bible says, Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be I believe Jabez got saved that day. I believe Jabez looked into the heart of God the Father and saw that one day he would send God the Son to die on a cross for us. And he said, I don't have to live like that. I can be victorious. I can tell the devil, Get thee behind me. I can tell temptation, You're not alive in me anymore. And I can tell those all around me, I'm a brand new
1: creation in Christ. Get on away from me. Jabez is dead. But your will for God forever.
0: What made Jabez different? Church, he got saved. Look with me in Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Church, he was more honorable. He refused to live up to the name that his family gave him. He called on God and he began a relationship with him. He began a relationship with me. You might be saying that this morning. How do I get a relationship, Pastor? to come to God through the Son, amen? You've got to come to know Jesus Christ. You've got to give your heart to Him today. You've got to repent of your sins and you've got to trust Him to build inside of you a brand new person. Let me tell you some neat things about being a Christian. Not only do you get a new body, not only do you get a new life, not only do you get born again, you get a whole new set of friends, amen? You get a whole new dialogue. You get a whole new way of seeing things get a whole new way of understanding and worldly people get offended by it like this. And you as a Christian should get tickled by that. Thinking, I used to live like that. But I want you to know there's a better way, Jesus Christ. Church, he was more honorable. He refused to live up to that name. And he called on God and began a relationship with him. Now let's go back to Caleb real quick. Let's go back to look at what Caleb did. Caleb said, Joshua, you me this mountain. You might be sitting at I've got okay, all these things against me, past. I have a past. It haunts me. I have family history. It's in my genes. It's in my DNA. It's not my fault. And then who's my boy. Well, that's why you had a problem with God. Because God needs you to come to understand that what you do is because you did it nobody else but you. God wants you to understand you make the choices that puts you in action. And when you put Jesus in your heart and you start letting Jesus make the choices, you'll find yourself going where God wants you. Caleb went to Joshua and said, give me this mountain. I know it might seem inclinable. I know it might seem impossible. I know it seems like the people inside cannot be beaten. We know the rest of the story of Caleb? Caleb wins to Refaz. He renamed it Hebron. And Hebron still stands today. It is still there. You can go to Israel and see that city today. If he will come to Jesus, what he will build inside of you will stand and fire. What he will build inside of you will be there when he raptures the church out. You know what the Bible calls it? will steal us. Somebody say Amen. For the Holy Ghost. And He'll take you out when He's ready to rapture. We're going to close in a word of prayer. And He has spoken to you this morning. Would you be willing to tell God, give me this mountain? Would you be willing to tell God, I don't want to end up being a J-Bag? I don't have to live like that. I can come to you and be more than what I was destined to be. I can be blood bought I can be redeemed. I can be renewed. I can be reborn. I can be your imagine how Jabez stopped. I'm not a child of grief and sorrow anymore. I'm a child of the king, baby. What a difference that made in him. And it can make a difference And I want to invite you this morning to come with Jesus in your life. perhaps you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I want to get right. Can God forgive me? And the answer is yes. Yeah. The question is, will you come this morning and get it right with him? Will you do business with God? Will you talk to him and say, Father, I've sinned, and I want my heart clean. I don't want to walk with you hand in hand again. Or perhaps you say, Pastor, I'm looking for a church to be a part of. Would you come today and be a part of Robert's family Or perhaps God is calling you to something else. Whatever it is, going to give you the opportunity to come. Let's pray together. Father, we come to now in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for your word. And I pray right now, Lord, your word will have to play in our hearts and our lives. That if there be anybody that needs to come to know you as personal, Lord, and Savior, or anybody, Father God, that needs to get their heart right with you, or anybody, Lord, that needs to make any decision for you, would you give them strength today? Would you let them hear that call, give me this mountain? And I pray, Lord, that today would be the day they'd come. To me any, Lord, that is struggling with that lifestyle, struggling, Lord, with the history that says you're nothing but grief and sorrow. Would you let them know, Father, that you change and you that you get a brand new name, a brand new mean, a brand new life in you? Would you let them come today? Would you be the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus? Amen. Would you come with me sing? Come up, pass me on. time to worship you with the Bronx Baptist, Baptist, Baptist Church. It's actually 12 o'clock. No, well now it's 12 one We're going to beat the Methodist to pop bell. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Ready to roll out there. I want to remind you that today at 4.30, fire practice. I to remind you of worship service tonight at 6 o'clock. I want to remind you of experiencing God tomorrow at 6 o'clock. If you're in that group, let me tell you, almost every one of you who to me this week that I've never been so attacked by the devil Don't give in. Stay with Jesus. Stay involved. Stay committed. Because knowing and doing the will of God is essential for the church to keep going. Amen? So be a part of that and stay in prayer in that. Don't let the devil win. All right? Uh, I'll see you tomorrow at 6 for my Spirits in God class. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30. And do we have any last-minute prayer requests questions or comments before we go? That's what I said. Amen. With that being said, Oh, there we go. Okay. Mm. Let's pray for for that family, and let's pray that God will reach out and touch all those who are excited. I'm going to pray this morning, and I'll meet you at the door and say goodbye, Father. I come to you now in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for the service you've given us. I want to thank you, Lord, for these good children. Ask you to the bless them all. Continue to guide them, Lord, down pathways of righteousness for your name's sake. I'm praying, Father God, that you'd reach out and touch all those who are suffering from cancer this morning. Let them know, Lord, that Robertson family loved them. He's praying for them. And I pray, Father, that you'd reach out and bring the healing to them to be in your will. I pray, Lord, that you would take that healing in and use it to glorify your name and turn that healing person into a testimony, into a witness, of. I'm also praying, Lord, for those who've lost loved ones for cancer, Lord, and to cancer. I'm praying, Lord, that you would continue to work in their lives. Let them know they, too, are loved and prayed for and are not forgotten. And I pray, Father God, that there will be peace there, that peace that only comes from knowing and trusting in you, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician, you are the great comforter, you are the great healer, and you are the great teacher. Teach us, Father God, that all we need is you. I'm asking you to go with us now and bring us safely back to to your house this evening to worship you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Jesus.